Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Today we're interviewing Jim Hawker, founder at 3Pipe, in the latest of our series of interviews with some of the most high profile leaders in UK public relations. Jim has worked in PR for over 20 years, starting out at Harvard before moving on to the likes of Amazon and Trimedia, before launching 3Pipe in 2004. Jim, welcome. Hi, Ben. Good to be here. Jim, at university you studied environmental science. How on earth did that lead to a first job in public relations? Yeah, it's an um, interesting one. I, I basically chose my degree course because I enjoyed studying my geography and biology at A-level and didn't know what else to do. So chose a course that I enjoyed studying. I wanted to continue those studies. But um, I guess into year two, three of studying that degree, I, I realised I didn't want to be an environmental scientist. And uh, um, yeah, I just got to the end of my degree and uh, while everyone else went off and became teachers and all that sort of stuff, I... Um, someone mentioned to me I should think about PR as a career choice. Okay. I actually was social secretary of a number of different societies while at university. Um, good at organising events, that sort of stuff. And uh, fired off a load of letters to PR agencies in London. And only one replied. And that was uh, Harvard PR, a guy called Nick Taylor, who mm. started Harvard. And went down for an interview. Um, he asked to see my dissertation just the only other person who ever asked to see my dissertation to check I could actually write. <laughs> and um, offered me a job without having a job. Told me that I'd have a job when they had a, an account win. Um, I went and went hot air ballooning. Actually became hot air balloon um, crew for six months. Oh, right. That's a bit more fun than public relations. I tell you, it was the it? best job I've ever had, actually. Yeah, right. um, and uh, so I'd ring up every sort of now and again. And they, they won the Nintendo account. Ah, and that was that. And I came back. To London and, and started four years at Harvard. Okay, so it's I mean, there's a, a few people I, I speak to say that they well, lots of people say they fell into public relations, but you didn't. You made a conscious decision that PR's the one for you. Well, I mean, I was sort of slightly naive and guided that way purely because I could organise a bit of a piss up um, right. at, for various uh, different courses at, at Sheffield where I studied. So um, yeah, I wasn't really given much direction. Neither of my parents went to university. Um, uh, so I was sort of left to my own devices somewhat. Okay. Um, but then it just turned out that I had a certain aptitude. I enjoyed it. Um, and Harvard was a was a great agency to be at that time. Okay. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, as, as one does before these types of things, and it, I, I just looked at the your, your first four jobs were all for three years or less. Um, and, it, 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 you know, when you're looking at these things in hindsight, you, you just wonder whether you're always a, a reluctant employee. Were, were you... Did you always want to be your own boss, do you think? Uh, no, I didn't, actually. Um, I thought four years was a good stint, and even now that's still a good stint at an agency. So, um, But at Harvard, I was given an opportunity to work on consumer and business-to-business accounts, and um, uh, there was always a lot of uh, buzz going on and winning new bits and pieces, which I enjoyed working on. So I felt that after that, that I was keen to explore new opportunities, whether that was in-house um, actually, I worked in the States for a year as right. well. I lived on a double-decker bus for a year, um, bizarrely, um, running PR and sponsorship for a, a travel documentary. Um, you lived on a double-decker bus for a year? Yeah. Blimey. We shipped a 1956 Routemaster to Canada, 
and we drove it all the way to Tierra del Fuego. Did it have aircon? No air conditioning, no toilet, no running water. Um, there were 10 of us on there. We ripped out all the seats on the top level and put in bunk beds. And we made a 20-part TV documentary at the time for a channel called UK Living, which is no longer around. And oh, we raised lots and lots of money for a charity called War Child. Okay. Um, and did uh, I did all, ran all the PR and sponsorship uh, around that. And actually, I think it was that trip that gave me loads of confidence that I could be a self-starter. I was left to my own devices to actually make that happen. And where were you working at that point? You were. I was working for myself. Okay. Um, right. I was approached to actually go on the bus and be part of the documentary, and I said but, no. But what point of your career was this? This, this was, was after four years at Harvard. Okay. Um, and and then I I did a year uh, of that bus trip. Um, and then I had the opportunity to work at Amazon, um, and it was an offer I couldn't turn down. Um, a bit of in-house experience is always a, a, a good move, I think, from, a, from an agency side, because it just allows you to empathise that little bit better, doesn't it? it was, yeah, it was great, and I, it was the first time I had that experience really working within a big organisation. Um, and I enjoyed it, but also was frustrated by it. So I think I mean, Amazon's a very different business to what it is uh, what it was then. Um, but again, yeah, it gave me um, a lot more access to finance, to understanding how businesses run, um, daily sales meetings, even though I was in a marketing sort of NPR capacity, understanding what products were selling, what they weren't selling, what, how we could support. So I learned an awful lot actually during that time. Um, but I was there on a maternity cover, which came oh. to an end. Okay. Um, what was the... Uh, the, the, was there a, 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 a few things that made you set your own business up with three pipe? Was there, a, or, or was it a, was it a moment? How, how did that come about? Uh, actually, it was one of my best friends uh, from school had started his own company at twenty four, right. um, and I was very close to him, still am, um, and I'd seen him go through that process. And um, I mean, he's gone on to do extremely well, but um, I knew him through the tough times at the start as well. And actually, all the research shows that. Um, most entrepreneurs really do have someone close to them, either it's a family member or a very good friend of theirs that actually gives you that insight and understand the experience that you require to actually start your own business. And it gave me um, probably the confidence of starting Three Pipe. Um, okay. So it was a positive experience. It wasn't a frustration of what you'd been through with your career today. It was kind of a, a, a more positive motivation to make it happen. I think it was a combination of factors. I think, okay. one, having someone so close to me at the start of their own company uh, secondly, um, I'd worked at an, a couple of agencies where I felt I could do better, improve yeah. on the actual way they were running clients um, and new business. And thirdly, um, I started the agency with a friend called Eddie, who I'd met at Harvard. And I, I, I really wanted to start an agency with somebody else, didn't want to do it on my own. And it was a good combination of skill sets we had between us, between the sort of running a business and also prospecting and client development. Okay. Just before we, we, we dive deeper into the, the three-pipe um, experience, so to speak, um, one thing I've got to get out of the way is I, I hear you're a big military history buff, which is a new one for me. Um, it's a bit of a rare one. What's that all about? Um, well, I, I, yes, I read a lot of military history. Um, Does it have implications for your public relations work? <laughs> uh, I, th- I think actually the reason probably I am uh, into that sort of stuff is actually I grew up in a, in a town called Woodstock, which is very close to Blenheim Palace, right. uh, where Churchill was born. Okay. Um, and my mother taught at a, a local primary school in Bladen where Churchill's actually buried. So um, you cannot grow up in Woodstock and, and not 
be sort of affected by the Churchillian. So it's just um, a passion for history with a... I think that's where uh, it started, uh, yeah. And also my uncle was actually in the Royal Marines and okay. um, one of my sort of earliest memories was him going off to the Falklands War, right. which um, was obviously a big deal. And um, so I always sort of looked up to him and um, what he achieved in his career. So I think, I think it was a combination of those things that sort of s- sparked my interest. Okay, but there's not a... Um uh, you're not suggesting there's huge Churchillian um, learnings for, for various three-pipe campaigns we've seen in, in recent times? Uh, no. Okay, fine. Um, I always enjoy talking to you because you're, you're hugely passionate about public relations, but I'd, I'd say you're one of the sector's more vocal critics. What is it at the root of your frustration? I think I've the, the journey I've been on with three-pipe, especially over the last five years, um, has opened my eyes, really, to to what good really looks like in certain channels um when we started three pipe obviously 2004 and uh, took all the way to 2012 before we merged it with a digital marketing agency um and up to that point we'd won lots of digital awards lots of social awards and it wasn't until we'd merged the businesses in and saw some of the digital work that was being done by the other agency we merged with that i really saw the saw the gap Right, really. And sorry, just to go, when was that? That was two years ago now, three years uh, ago? Five years okay, ago. Sorry. Um, right. So 2012, we merged wow. with a... Time flies, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, another independent agency called yep. Blowfish. Yep. Um, and for, for me, it's been a very exciting, uh, motivating um, five years because literally every day I'm learning something new. Okay. Um, I do feel that um, it's, it's interesting, like some of the work I was doing at Harvard, in 1996, when I started my PR career, you actually see it's a bit cookie cutter in terms of some of the proposals that are being written today are the ones that have been written 20 years ago in terms of the general approach and strategic approach to some of the client work. So are you suggesting you were ahead of your time? <laughs> no, I'm saying that no, I'm things joking. haven't changed uh, in a lot of the, certainly the B2B <laughs> sort of agencies. Actually, well, that's not true, but I think a lot of things haven't well, changed. I mean, that was my central point, actually, is that the, do you think that the, I mean, clearly, you're, you're biased, that's, that, but let's that's, that's put that to one side. But you're, do you think that the, the rest of the market is moving with you and you're, you're ahead, or do you think that the, the rest of the market is, is stuck where it was? Um, what's your, or is it hard for you to say? I think, I think we've been too far ahead on occasion. Okay. And, um, you know, I think what's one of the big lessons that we've learned over the last few years is that actually um, we, we, a lot of new business opportunities have come our way. We've, we've not succeeded because we've actually um, bamboozled a few people along the way. Um, we've had to bring it back to a certain extent, depending on who we're pitching to. Right. Um, who are you pitching to? I mean, that's a, is, it, is it still the comms guy? Is it the, the PR manager? Is it the marketing head? Is it the digital head? Or is it all of the above? All of the above, actually. Any, in any percentage terms? Or is it, you know, is it just... I'd say it's more in, increasingly the marketing okay. um, department that's having responsibility for PR or increasingly for the social channels, right. um, which, which suits us a lot better. Um, given the, the breadth of understanding we have across the different channels that we're now working. Okay. Now, you made a, a high profile uh, and uh, pr- probably a, a pretty brave move to, to spend some money in, in the restructuring of your business. Um, just, just talk us through that. How did, how did that come about uh, and what sort of skills did you, did you end up merging together uh, and what, what were the, the presumably some challenges in that process? Yeah, a huge amount of challenges, but a huge amount of learning as well. And we've done an awful lot of things wrong, but I think um, we're now getting an awful lot of things right. 
Um, but what was Blowfish? Blowfish was a digital agency? Um, so or... I, I would call them a performance marketing agency. Okay. Um, so running campaigns to strict ROI targets, right. um, which obviously is a is something that's sort of um, alien to a lot of PR programs. Sure. Um, so, but what what made you merge those two businesses? Was it was it a strategic thing that you did in your mind to go and find somebody like that, or or was it a bit more random than that? Um, both. Okay. Um, it was actually Google that made us do it. Um, the algorithm changes they were making at the time, right. um, Panda and Penguin updates, were having a huge effect upon some of our clients. Um, and it just so happened that um, we, uh, this Blowfish and ourselves, shared a couple of mutual clients, and the clients were asking us to work together to overcome some of those algorithmic challenges. Right. So the fact that SEO was changing massively, that it was rewarding more content-led strategies rather than traditional link farming, link building activities, meant that a content, more content-led approach was 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 desired, and a, and a way of bringing agencies. Together, you complement to each other, yeah. integrated right. campaigns, and that's how we got to know each other. Um, so, what that really did was in, inject a whole new range of skill sets into the agency, which I'd never experienced okay. before. I, I just list those. I mean, not not exhaustively, but but, but what were the, the the key ones that that Blowfish brought to to, to the, the three pipe game, so to speak? Predominantly analytical expertise okay. um, and. Um, a performance mindset to the campaigns. That what do you mean by that? Do you mean in, in, in ROI terms or in... Yeah, in, in strict like, ROI terms. Okay. Um, so a lot of the campaigns that we're working with at the moment, we are managing clients' money on a daily basis and lots of money. And, um, do you mean from a paid media perspective? Or, yeah, right? from, a, from a paid media perspective, but driving often purchases uh, of whatever sector the clients happen to be working with, whether it's B2B driving lead generation or it's uh, driving okay. uh, sneaker sales sure. at Nike. Uh, and what's interesting, presumably, is how the, the PR skills that you had originally have, have knitted together, if that's the right phrase, with the, the new skills, the, the, those digital skills. And you, you, um, you hint towards the challenges that, that, that you had to overcome. To, what was that? Was that a, a sort of personality-type challenges or an organisational challenges? How did that work? Yeah, I mean, there's huge cultural differences between marketing agencies and you know, it's mm. easy to assume that every marketing agency looks the same people yeah. are the same age they all live in london but actually um what we found very quickly was actually pr people are very different from a lot of the performance marketing people that uh, we're working within the agency at the moment so um different backgrounds um interesting and much more diverse than than the pr industry um just from generally where people come from yeah um but uh, the type of skill sets are much more data-led, analytical. We're employing a lot more maths graduates, um, science graduates than the arts, for example. Um, and I think that's where the opportunity comes: is marrying the two together. And what, you know, especially as content is becoming more important to driving purchase uh, decisions. But having having the ability to create content based on data analysis or insight, as well as actually measuring the impact of it, um, would be very difficult to do that without having those sure. people within our business. But it's a, it's a, it's a two-way street, if you like. So it, it, the, it works from the digital analyst perspective, but also the, the PR perspective, you see what I mean? That they, you're better together as opposed to in isolation is, is really what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. because um, a lot of the performance um, campaigns that are running through various channels um, perform a lot better when the content's a lot sure. better. Yeah. Um, so obviously inputting into that. And, and, how, and how hour by hour is that? I mean, you know, it's always... 
as an industry observer, you always get the feeling that, well, that's the theory anyway. But but that, does it work on a, you know, do you, do you change campaigns and content requirements on a on a day to day level? I don't know, hour to by hour might be a bit literally hour to hour. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously within paid, but on yeah, or, yeah uh, organic as well. And uh, yeah, because we have the ability to um, measure performance okay. on an ongoing basis and make changes to whether it's distribution strategy sure. or changing the assets that we're working with to lead to better performance through better engagement rates. Okay. So I get the theory. Have you seen the revenue growth that you're hoping for since, I mean, it's five years back. It's a, you know, there's, the market's changed a lot in that time as well, but, but it's, it's been a success, has it, financially? I think it's, um, I mean, we, we also did another acquisition yeah. <laughs> last year as well. Yeah. So we acquired an SEO agency. Um, which kind of filled the gap between the PR and and the paid side of things, um, really. And actually, there was a, SEO stretches quite nicely between because actually SEO works very hand in hand with performance, but also with a content PR led approach through okay. social too. So, um, I think it's it's been a really hard five years for lots of reasons. I think we we're ahead of the market to some extent, um, but actually, I feel like now we're sort of motoring. And I think this has been quite a sort of sudden thing. This is that expression that change is gradual and it happens all of a sudden. And I think that has been very true over the last 12 months. There seems to be a, a tipping point now. And I think that's been driven by various factors. I think money is moving out of TV into more social, digital channels. I think um, marketeers are taking more command of some of the social channels, which were previously with PR. I think PR, internal in-house PR teams are having to respond and work much more closely with marketing teams and demanding more from their PR agencies in terms of data and insight and understanding of the impact. I I have a theory that in-house PR teams are far more integrated than many people think they are. Um, I've done a few articles, reports on it. And I, to be honest, when I started doing that sort of topic of, of, of a report, that I was slightly nervous about what I might find out. But the, the feedback I get anyway is that, that they are quite integrated together with their marketing team. And you know, it can always be more integrated, but it's not that, that, that we're a part way along that road anyway. Yeah, I think, I think it's been fascinating to see, you know, sometimes we'll walk around client agency, client offices, how they're actually quite set up in a similar way to mm. we are. Yeah. They actually kind of, kind of mirror our own yeah. sort of structure in-house, uh, sorry, our structure within the agency. I think it's quite patchy. I think it varies from sector to sector. I think B2B certainly get it right. a lot more because they're much more focused on performance metrics than perhaps FMCG brands are. But I think that's changing massively now that much more um, purchase is being driven through online and through access to content and consideration in that funnel as we talk about okay. a lot at three pipe but um yeah i, th- I think um but at the same in the same regard i think actually in-house departments um have often been a barrier to some of that change as well because um you know i think one of the things that has been happening recently is is there's obviously the frameworks and the rosters don't work in the same way as they used to it's very difficult to be a pr agency on a framework alongside a social agency alongside a, a brand agency and i think those days have gone yet a lot of those um bigger organizations still persist with that kind of framework approach which actually doesn't doesn't work i don't think no it's difficult to um, restructure organizations as, as quick as the, the the market is changing i guess um Bearing in mind the, the the mix of challenges and, and opportunities that we've seen over the last ten years or so um, w- within public relations, what would you give? What mark would you give the sector out of ten? Do you think we're doing all right, or we're not doing very well? What do you think? What do you think? I I think I think we're doing okay. Yeah. Um, I think um, there are some clear threats 
to the industry. Um, and I think um, I think they're coming from media agencies in terms of some of the social channels that PR um, actually land grabbed at the start of um, I don't think, um, 2008, 2009. Um, and there's a there's a massive threat from SEO agencies as well. Um, but I think... Do you think I, SEO I, agencies are doing a good job? You know, because like, I think it's... Pu- Publications, maybe all sectors are, but we're quite paranoid, aren't we? We're quite self-critical. Mm. I, I wonder whether SEO agencies have these same debates about that they're not changing quickly enough or, or whether yeah. they just think they're taking over the world. I think that's one of the reasons why we acquired an SEO agency, actually. We felt that there was there was bigger potential. Um, right. We never felt, actually, there was one big standout, which is one or two good SEO agencies, but actually we felt that, actually, with um, with a bit more sort of um, of, a, of, a, of a, an approach behind them, of better marketing, um, better business development, that actually we could grow the SEO business pretty quickly, and that's what we've done. Okay. Um, so what was your mark out of 10 then? Or for for you us said or for okay. the industry? No, no, for the industry. I mean, I know what, what you give yourselves. But, um, um, no, right, right. Well, we could always do better. And that's, that's the amazing thing, is that things are changing so often, you've got to yeah. be on top of everything. Well, that's the agency game, right? I mean, that's, you know, that's why people have agencies, isn't it? Is that, um, yeah, to be, yeah, to sort of uh, do the thinking for them, to yeah, some extent. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think, um, I'd say in the last year, I, I'm pretty optimistic. I've seen some really good research reports. I've seen some, there are some standout advocates in our industry that actually do get it. Right. Um, and and um, I think they're having some impact, and I think the, the budgets and 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 the the expectations of a PR agency are changing massively now. Yeah. Um, and I, but I, I do believe that's only been in the last sort of eighteen twenty four months to some extent. Um, and uh, there's well, still it's some. Su- go on. No, go on. Well, it's such a broad sector, isn't it? I mean, there's you know on the on the one hand you've got the stuff that you're focusing on the the, the paid the digital. Um, and the con- well, not the consumer, but the, the the media relations stuff. And then on the other side, you've got corporate and public affairs. So, and you know, to try, I suppose, to try and give it a market out of ten across the board is 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 almost a false, a falsely simple question. But it it, it does. It, that's where I find it hard to to make that that judgment call about how PR is doing because it's well, it's a cliche, but it's such a broad church. I think the you you'd probably score it on our ability to to grow the income coming into our sector yeah um and obviously i think you know i think depending what report you read and who you listen to uh, we're either in rude health or we're sort of struggling a little bit and i think it's somewhere in between sure um from our perspective i i see more budgets going into sort of uh, wider digital channels than coming into pr maybe it's just us as an agency but our, our but, um, but but marketing directors and the like are spending money with PR agencies more than they have done in in the past. So it's a it's a it's a double it's a threat and opportunity that isn't it? I mean, just because a marketing director has the PR budget doesn't necessarily mean they'll spend that money with a marketing agency, presumably. Yeah, I mean it's been interesting. I mean I've had a couple of conversations in the last few weeks where with marketing directors and I don't agree with this particularly but they they will say okay because you're running our paid social we want you to run organic social as well right um because I think they makes sense doesn't it they just kind of feel that actually they'd rather work with one agency that understands how to manage both rather than work with multiple agencies all trying to do their thing within their particular social channels those channels well it's a practical issue isn't it is it at that moment on the uh, on the ground, you might need to increase the paid because the organic's not working, or vice versa. Or you've suddenly got an issue that you you've identified in organic that you can make paid fly more with. So therefore, it's that to have different people doing those jobs, or it just doesn't 
doesn't make sense anymore, does it? Yeah, marketing directors are under huge pressure, and yeah. and um, you know I think they need an agency that can sort of have a, a thorough and wide understanding of the opportunities that are available to them. Sure. Um, and I think that's the sort of is um, demonstrated by the fact that I think that CMOs are moving job more often than any other C-suite right. um, um, role because actually they you know they if they don't deliver within a short period of time then that's that's it for them so they're looking for agencies that can help deliver quite quickly for them so i think having an understanding of all the opportunities available through those channels is crucial brilliant jim thank you very much indeed cheers thanks for listening to the pr moment podcast produced in association with the marketeers network if you'd enjoyed the show please do review us on itunes and give us a decent rating